Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome back to Your Colts Commute, where we break down the most recent Colts news in a digestible format to keep you up to date on what's going on in Colts land. Last night, the Colts faced the Panthers in their preseason week one matchup, and the Colts got the win 21-18 over the Panthers. The big story was the quarterback competition. Jacob Eason went 15 of 21 for 183 yards in the first half, connecting with Paris Campbell on a 37-yard pass down the sideline, and looked generally pretty solid. Definitely a good showing for a guy who hadn't had real game action with the Colts yet. So good to see that. Sam Ellinger went 10 of 15 for 155 yards with an interception early and then rushed for 30 yards, which was uh, the the top rushing guy on the team. His big play of the day was a 47-yard bomb to wide receiver Tariq Black. And he also definitely looked really solid. Both quarterbacks had a little bit of a shaky start. Sam's was a little tougher, but both came back and actually bounced back and played really well down the stretch. So Colts got to feel pretty good about that. Defensively, the Colts struggled, notching just one sack and no interceptions. And that could be a trend that the backups on the defensive side are going to struggle a little bit without any of the starters in. Those backups were pretty unexceptional. Thankfully and hopefully the Colts won't be starting most of their backups throughout the season and hopefully it looks better with more of the starters in next week. It was a really rough outing for the offensive line without their starters. The group did not play well. Julian Davenport started at left tackle and played pretty poorly over the first two series. Then Will Holden took over and the play got even worse. The Colts desperately need Eric Fisher to get back healthy, and very soon if they want to be able to have an impact down the stretch and keep their quarterbacks upright. As far as injuries go, in addition to the existing ones heading into the game, the Colts did sustain a couple that bear watching. Cornerback TJ Carey went out with a non-contact knee injury in the first quarter and walked off on his own, but so did Malik Hooker when he got hurt, so that doesn't necessarily mean anything worth paying attention to, and we'll, we'll know after a couple days of practice, maybe we'll get an update there. Given the lack of cornerback depth, not what you want to see, and Carey has been in a really tough battle with Rocky Sin for that CB3 spot in camp. Additionally, Marvell Tell, another cornerback, left the game early with a groin injury, and that's a pretty thin group, and a couple of their better players are now banged up. Not what you want, but hopefully his injury is minor. Additionally, wide receiver Courtney Davis hurt his shoulder in the fourth quarter and did not return to play. Back to the quarterback competition, definitely really something to keep a close eye on. Both quarterbacks actually, I think, showed themselves pretty well, and 
you know, with what's been happening over the past couple of weeks, it's become clear that this is a real competition and that this is with the first opportunity to gain some clarity about how the Colts feel moving forward at quarterback. Uh, seeing both players in game action answered some questions and raised some other questions. And so asked about his quarterbacks, Frank Reich had this to say on Jacob Eason. He said, quote, the two minute drive was a clinic. He hit some really nice throws the whole first half. He had a couple lasers in there that really looked good. He put the ball on the ground one time and made one or two errors, mental mistakes that we will clean up. I thought he went out there and showed himself well, end quote. On Ellinger, quote, Sam had the rough start with, inter- with the interception. We had a mental error on that play. Somebody ran the wrong route. I got to see the tape to see how it all played out. Still wasn't a good throw. But then Sam bounced back. That's the kind of thing we want to see from our quarterbacks. Mental toughness. To be able to have a glitch and come back and play good football, I thought both of them did that. They're probably going to grade out as playing winning football at the end of the day. End quote. Frank Reich obviously pretty pleased with what he saw from both quarterbacks. Colts fans should be as well because even if we didn't get a definitive answer, having a solid you know, winning performance, as as Reich would say, definitely bodes well for the Colts in terms of either guys having to actually get playing time and carry a couple of games while they're waiting for Carson Wentz to get healthy. And also they may have some trade value in one of those quarterbacks if they're able to see good play continue through the preseason and into any regular season action they might see. Now, as far as some individual player performances that were definitely worth watching, one that was no surprise to Colts fans if they've been watching uh, training camp this year, rookie wide receiver Mike Strawn continued to look like a man who is not going to be ignored as he carried that flashy training camp play into the preseason. He's certainly building a case that he belongs on an NFL roster, and the Colts are going to be looking really hard at him over the coming weeks to see if he's going to be a guy who sticks around. While we've talked about Strawn a lot, one guy we haven't really talked about a lot is Desmond Patman, second-year wide receiver, who largely spent his first season on the practice squad. Patman hasn't really been a huge highlight in camp, but certainly looked good playing on Sunday. He had 49 yards receiving and definitely made his presence felt in a big way, looking like a go-to guy in the first half hoping to see his role increase, and it was good to see him showing up. Lastly, camp this week is going to consist of three practices. The Colts have a road game Saturday night in Minnesota, so there will just be the three practices starting Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. All will begin at 10 a.m., so Tuesday at 10 a.m. is the next chance for you to go to Colts camp and check them out. Definitely want to get a chance to do that and see them before they face Minnesota on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. You're definitely going to want to Get eyes on this game because it's going to be quite a few more starters with switching to just three preseason games. There is no third preseason game, which has traditionally been uh, the game where you could check out all of the starters and really get a feel for what the team is going to look like going into the regular season. If there is any such game, it's likely to be this one against Minnesota. So definitely be ready to get an eye on that game on Saturday night. Finally, if you would rate and review our podcast subscribe to the channel. We've got lots of other podcasts on here. There will be a Stampede Radio podcast coming out in a couple of days. There will be daily podcasts from here. The Colts Commute podcast will be coming out every morning so that you can get your Colts fix on news and a very stable podcast will be coming out a couple times this week with Stephen Reed as well. Lots of ways for you to keep up with your audio Colts content. And as always, you can head over to Stampede Blue for all of your 
written updates, all of that information, film breakdowns and the like, all that stuff will be coming your way all season long and will continue to ramp up as we get closer to real actual football. But you can't catch any of that if you don't subscribe. So we'd appreciate if you do that and leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Chris Blystone and shoot me a message if you have requests about how you'd like this show to grow or change. We're going to keep the length pretty tight, but there's always room for more information to be given to you. And I always appreciate some constructive feedback. So that's all we got for the news, guys. We'll be back tomorrow with some more updates. Hopefully we'll know a little bit more injury-wise and can fill you in a little bit there. So until then, we'll catch you guys later. I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.